everybody welcome to another episode of your intention matters the podcast my name is still Paul Madot thanks very much for taking the time to listen and watch this episode today i have Yusef Boudou he is country sales manager at LifeRay in the beautiful city of Toronto Canada Yusef i'm a little biased because it's my hometown <laughs> man i'm right here but uh, welcome and i appreciate you freeing up the time yeah thank you very much Paul for having me and indeed Toronto is a beautiful city i have i don't have a bias opinion i'm from france so i can confirm that Toronto is a very beautiful city well, I appreciate you validating my claim there. It's great. So, uh, Yusef, say hi to everybody and uh, provide a quick intro, and then we'll jump into it here. Yeah. Hey, everybody. My name is, is Yusef Boudou. Uh, I'm the country sales manager for uh, LifeRay. I've been spending most of my career in the tech industry. Uh, prior to LifeRay, I was at, at Salesforce for six years, uh, taking care of the eastern part of Canada and developing this uh, relationship with net new businesses within the enterprise space. Um, so glad to be, uh, glad to be here. Well, I'm looking forward to it because you, you've had a pretty interesting path in terms of how you got to where you are today. So if you're ready yeah. to go, uh, let's jump into it. You ready? Yeah. Yes, I am. All right. So we're going back in time here, Yusuf. As you know, the title of the podcast is called Your Intention Matters. And that's really built on the foundation that nothing is really given to any of us. Most of us in the world of sales and sales leadership never thought we'd even get into sales, let alone sustain yeah. a career in it and big decisions and meandering paths and, uh, and your career is certainly no different. So let's go back to call it 2005 to 2010. And this is really where you were spending your years, you know, getting your education. You're born and raised in France. You, you get your bachelor's from uh, University of Canada, Normandy, yep. three master's degrees, all in France, but now here you are in Canada. So I, I, I want to talk to you about your education. When, yep. you, when you were going through this, uh, what was your vision at the time? What did you expect to do? And then I want to chat with you about uh, how you came across the pond over here to Canada. But let's start with your education. What were you thinking you'd be doing with your career? No worries. And, and because the topic of the, uh, the podcast is uh, your intention matters, it's literally my intentions from the get-go was to go to do something globally. Uh, therefore, I naturally uh, studied international trade as my, main, uh, my major topic in, in a bachelor degree. And that's how I landed in Canada back in 2005, uh, because the type of bachelor I was doing was half study, half internship. Um, and then it got me to travel to Canada and, and got me to kind of like broaden my, my vision of the world and what I wanted to do. And during that internship, I had uh, the responsibility to develop Latin American and European markets. Um, and I really loved it. And from that moment, I really set my intentions to do something globally because I feel claustrophobic by just doing something local in France. I really needed to kind of like broaden my vision, broaden my, my views. Um, and that's how I led it in Canada. And that's how I started to, uh, to study international trade. All right. So I want to talk to you about that. So Canada, for those people who don't know, it legally is a bilingual country, English and French. Yeah. But for anybody who lives here knows that it is predominantly French in Quebec. And even Montreal, you can get away with English only in, in, in most parts of the city. So when you came to Canada, uh, were you fluent in English? Was it worth not? Was it must have been a hard transition? What was it like coming over here? All right. Uh, truth to be told, my English was horrible. For, for the French standard, it was great. But, but for the English international standard, it was horrible. And that's why I decided to do my internship in Ontario versus Quebec, because 
I didn't see the point of traveling 8,000 kilometers and still having to speak French. Yeah, that's fair. So I'm like, let's, let's get very uncomfortable. And I was really tough. But then I picked up, I won't say really fast, but I literally improved my, my listening and my speaking skills. So that was a great choice. It was, it was not easy at all, but it was worth the risk. Okay. And so where were you working when you, when you came here full time? Uh, it packed your suitcase. You, you came here. It was Toronto. Did you move to? Yeah. Okay. I, and so I, where were you working? Uh, I was working at Hanson Pharmatech Group. Uh, it's one of the top 25 SMBs in Canada. What they do is literally it's white label services. They literally build in, uh, they literally manufacture any uh, supplements or vitamins for pharmaceutical organizations. Okay. So, so it, was, it was great. Yeah. You're working for Hanson. They moved you here. That was a company that you interned with before. Yeah, correct. Uh, how, how long was your tenure with Hanson here in Toronto? It was two years and uh, so two years and a half almost when I, so when that, I came back. Yeah. So that was about three years after 2010? Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, very good. Okay, so you're here for three years. Um, w- once you made the shift and you kind of acclimated to Canada and North American life and so on, mm-hmm. um, I'm curious about your decision to leave because what what about a sense of loyalty to the company i mean they moved you was it challenging for you to make that decision to move on okay so um it wasn't it wasn't easy decision and the most logical thing to do just because they haven't sponsored me um i i came to canada with um there's a program a visa program between canada and and france and i think they have the same thing with australia and the commonwealth Mm -hmm. country it's work it's called work and holidays visa so you just have to be under 35 years old apply and you get it it's, just, it's not a green card type of thing. It's, it's easier. Uh, so I didn't have that sense. I won't say loyalty, but um, yeah, like I don't have to be eternally grateful to them. Oh, they like didn't that. sponsor you. I got it. Let's put it that uh, way. Got it. Um, and I think after like two years and a half, I started to hit like a, a major roadblock. There was in terms of like benefits, in terms of career progression, it's a small organization. I was reporting directly into the president of the company. So Really, there was nothing, I felt there was nothing else I could learn. And naturally, I'm like, I need to explore new, uh, new ways, a new path. Um, and how I come across uh, Salesforce, it is just because I was such, I was looking for CRM solutions back then. I didn't know what CRM I was looking for, but I was updating my, my boss on, on my deals on a weekly basis. And it would take me a full day to just update everything. Mm-hmm. And then I come across Salesforce, obviously, like an ad popped up and I started to uh, study the product itself. And I'm like, that's exactly what I need. And then I'm like, could I sell that? Obviously, because I'm experience, experiencing the pains. So I applied. And uh, I was lucky enough back then, Salesforce was like in hyper growth in, in, in Canada. And uh, they onboarded me uh, without having a prior tech experience. I, I see, I think what they saw in me was just the hustle, uh, mm. the get-go attitude uh, that they really liked. And it was a painful transition, like I would say a good three months transition where I need to learn the jargons, the sales dynamic, the sales cycle, how to pitch the product. But I think if you put in the efforts, if you set your intentions, and that's the topic of your podcast, it's very important to set your intention of like succeeding, of, of doing what it takes to succeed. Then I don't see any reason why you will not succeed if you're really putting the time and the effort. You know, I would think a lot of people listening could probably appreciate that because you go from a smaller organization to a, a tier one. I mean, Salesforce oh, yeah. is a client, so I'll say they're a tier one company in that space. Mm-hmm. I, I know them to be a class act as a company, lots of opportunity. 
and, and they take and they take chances on people and so they give you a shot here but yep. with that there comes a period of transition right there comes a period mm-hmm. of i now need to learn the salesforce way what's the value yep. prop what's the products what's my yep. territory who am i calling mm-hmm. because yeah you might have some fundamentals as a salesperson but now you have to understand well how do i sell into this arena here yeah exactly. and so so once you made the shift um how did you do it salesforce pretty good uh the, the, it was a rough first three months where i literally miss quarter because they have like quarterly and monthly quarters it, it's like soft quarters let's put it that way you're not going to get fired because of it yeah but it gives you an indication of how you're doing um it was a rough three three months just because i needed to adjust the, the, the thing that I would advise people if they are switching industries, you have to be very humble with yourself, meaning you have to ask for help. So you have to sit with the you know, top performers and learn from them. You should not have this like, I know it all, I teach you the mindset. You really have to recognize your limits and says, hey, I don't know what I don't know. Can you teach me? Like, I need to learn that from you. And that's what I've done for the past, like for the first, sorry, first three months I've done that. And I was leaving the office at 9 p.m. Keep in mind, wow. I'm French, and to me, extra hours was like blasphemy. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I need to leave at five and enjoy life. That's it, right? Uh, but when you are in an environment surrounded by A-plus players, super smart and sharp, yeah. either you make it, either you just you fail. And I had no choice. And it wasn't me saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stay at the office until 9 p.m. It was just it was the amount of effort that was required by then to catch up on the, the experience gap or the industry gap between the pharmaceutical industries and the tech industries. And, and then naturally I felt that I was, okay, I get it now. And I started to leave earlier and earlier and earlier the, the office. So after the initial three month, you know, onboarding transition, yep. you know, hurdle to really kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, how long were you at Salesforce? Six years. So six years. Okay. So you keep me honest here, but I imagine for you to stay at the company for six years or for them to keep you for six years, mm-hmm. you must have had some good years. Oh yeah. Amazing. I was, that was great. And that was amazing. It says for us, it's a, it's a business school in itself. Like literally the skills that I have today is that I brought to life, Ray. Um, I haven't learned it at school. It was all Salesforce. It's a whole way of like managing you know, enterprise accounts of knowing what you're doing, of knowing how you spend your time, knowing not to chase any bones that the prospect and customers throw at you. Literally, it's like your time, they teach you that your time is as valuable as a prospect time, as the customer time. And come up with a point of view, come up, come up prepared, know their business, and then from, from what you've learned, then tie yeah. back your value proposition. While at Hanson Pharmatech, I didn't have like a formal training and it was more like me pushing down a product or a service down the customer throat almost. Did you ever get the Dreamforce? Uh, no, I have not. Because what happened is that uh, every year they were reducing the, the quotas for A's to attend because they wanted to give priority to, yeah. to customers. And when I first joined uh, Salesforce, that was 2013, I think we were 100,000. There were 100,000 attendees when I left. It was 200,000 attendees in like a span of uh, six years. And San Francisco was all booked for Salesforce, like literally. The prices of hotel will go five times. Just that time. That's it. Just that week. It was was massive. So, Yusuf, I want to ask you, uh, why did you leave? Was it Salesforce's decision if you were doing so well or was it yours? What happened after six really good productive years? It was, it was kind of like a combination of, of, I would say both, but I felt that 
there was no immediate opportunities at Salesforce like to move up, right? Because Salesforce became a major hub in, in Canada. Back in 2013, promotion were kind of like happening on, on, a, on a more regular basis. Mm. And then as you grow that hub, as it becomes more mature, there's more layers that sets in between what, where you are and where you want to be. And um, I wanted to get in a position where I would not longer be an individual contributor because I felt that I wanted to give back some of the uh, skills that I've learned. Mm. Um, and life rate just the life opportunity was just came the right time and they needed to build the hub from scratch and i'm like well i felt i'm ready for this type of opportunities um so i decided to take a chance and uh, it's been going really great so far you mentioned that when you found salesforce it was through an ad and you started to do some research on them yeah uh, what happened with life rate was it the same thing did you know somebody there how did you no. find them it was, uh, I think back then there was a headhunter um, and the way he introduced the opportunity, I guess he used the white words. Uh, there, was no, uh, there was no fluff. It was literally, hey, this is a company that is trying to figure out how to go to market. They are in the garden by the currents, which means their technology is great. Yeah. But they are humble. They need someone to put, to put in place processes. If you want to be part of that journey, that's the right opportunity for you. And uh, this really got me my attention. And again, I was at the point, uh, at this point where I was ready to make a move and I needed something greater than just being an individual contributor. Um, so yeah, it was more like they, they approached me. And to be honest, when you're at Salesforce, I think you are being bombarded with like startups and other leading organizations that wants to benefit from that Salesforce experience. Yeah. You know, I worked at Xerox for about 10 years and I was in sales across the board. And so Xerox is similar to me as Salesforce in that it's a tier one company within their space, very well known, a global organization, lots of opportunities. And of course, when I left, I decided to leave to start up my own organization. So that was a different visualization of what I wanted. But I can tell you, my decision to leave was not an overnight decision. I had spent a good portion of my career within that company, established some great relationships, had a pretty decent runway with the company. And it's pretty much all I knew. Okay. And so it took me probably six to eight months when I first started to really think about leaving to when I actually put my letter of resignation in. So I'm curious, when you decided to leave, how long was it when you started thinking about it versus when it actually happened? Was it quick it was, or was it drawn out? No, it was, it was, it took a long time because leaving Salesforce is anything but easy. They literally pamper you. They literally give you what you need at work, outside of work. If you, if you, uh, if you're working on a deal, you have tons of resources yeah. at your disposal. If, if you need benefits, you have tons of resources, more than you can even imagine. Uh, so it was like a, a long process, like a year, a year and a half where, I started to ask myself, I'm like, hey, it's, I'm having so much fun that it's already been five years I'm there. So five years can, another five years can go by and I will not even see it. And I don't want to get caught in that. I won't call it right race because at Salesforce, it's, it's, more the, it's, it's, it's not a right race. It's, it's, you're having fun. You're making a lot of money. Let's, let's, let's be real. If you're having great years, you're making a lot of money. You have no reason to leave. But then you have to question yourself, you know, what do you want to achieve in life? Again, what's your intention? Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, at some point, I see myself starting my own thing, probably in software. And the best way to get uh, to get a, a start by it is just by finding that next opportunity that will bring me close to being an entrepreneur. And LifeRay proposed me that structure, like literally, hey, you're going to put together a hub on your own, like few means, 
um, I mean, limited budget, uh, but just figure it out. You know, you have to figure out how to put a hub together. Mm. What's the best go-to-market strategy in Canada? Uh, what would be your strategy to, to generate net new revenue, retain existing customers? So I'm like, that opportunity was like, was perfect at this time. Um, so that's why it was like a, it was a mix of like talking to friends, you know, introspection for like a year, year and a half. Uh, even to my ex-managers, um, they always supported me in, in what I was doing. And they said, hey, Yusef, this, if this is what you want to do in life, then you need to have a plan. You need to have set your, your intention on how to get there. And that's, and that's how I decided to leave. It wasn't easy. Even when I resigned, and I was like, shoot, maybe I've, I just did a mistake. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it, was, it was so comfortable. As soon as you not, let go of the branch, you're like, oh, it. I shouldn't oh have let go. God. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I still remember when I say to my manager, I'm leaving. And the very day after, you're waking up in the morning and you're like, did I do the right thing? Yeah. It, it's awful. But then it's like, listen, I needed, to, I needed to do it for myself at least. All right. So that was last summer. July 2019 is yep. when you joined LifeRay, right? So that's yep. been a year and a bit. Mm-hmm. And so here you are in Canada. Are you here in Canada all by yourself or do you have a family here? No, all by myself. Okay, so you're and here I'm... in Canada all by yourself, uh, a, a new job, new industry, and then COVID hits six, eight months ago. Oh, yeah. And so now you're working from home, I imagine. You're isolated, yeah. still, you know, still kind of uh, you know, on your own here in the city, still new to the companies, trying to figure <laughs> it out. Um, how have you balanced the last you know, year and a half, but also even the last eight months in particular? Well, it's just you have to I have a healthy friendship relationship. Let's like let's put it that way. And staying in touch with friends or ex-colleagues, uh, talking to families uh almost on a weekly basis, it helps you kind of like keep that health, healthy balance. Um, and then just like you know, read books, uh watch. I'm a bit Netflix fan, um, mm. like documentary or real life inspired movies. Um, so you just have to like literally. You, you have to manage your time the same way you manage your time at work. Literally, you have to find, okay, what do I have to do during my leisure time? You know, like just watching TV for the sake of watching TV, you're going to turn insane. So you, you have to do that. You have to plan your time. All yeah. right, it's time to read a book. It's time to learn. It's time to watch a documentary. It's time sometimes to exercise also, um, to work out. Uh, so you have to do all that stuff. You have to manage your time even outside of work. Um, I learned how to become a square head because French people say people in, in Toronto are square heads. And I never thought that I will manage my calendar even outside of work. And I'm, I started to do it. And when I'm back to France, people are saying, you became too much of, of them. So I'm curious. I'll ask you here. So, you know, it's hard to predict the future, of course, but is Canada home now? Or do you think maybe you'll go back to France one day, possibly? I would say never say never because when I first came to Canada, I, I swear to myself, I will stay a year and that's it. Just to learn, mm. just to improve my English. And here it's 10 years and I'm citizen now. Like I have dual, dual citizenship right now. Congratulations. So thank you very much. And, and I was a very moving uh, ceremony, by the way. And Canada has a lot to teach to friends when it comes to accepting immigrants. Like literally has a lot. Uh, it was moving. I'm, I'm proudly Canadian now. Um, uh, but now, do I see myself settling down definitely in Canada? This I don't know because again, I'm, I love to. I hate putting borders. Let, let's yeah. say like kind of like cornering me into one country or, or one space or one industry. It's I feel claustrophobic pretty fast. So, but it's one of the best country in planet Earth. Yeah, absolutely. 
So I wouldn't mind to stay all my life, but if I had to leave, I would always bring a piece of Canada with me. You can bring some maple syrup back with That's you. Right? It. That's it. That's <laughs> it. So I, you, go ahead. I was going to say, Yusuf, I've had a lot of fun speaking with you, man. It's been it's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit. Your uh, your education is, is pretty amazing to me. Where you get your bachelor's and then you go and not just get one master's but three masters. You spend yeah. five years getting your education. Yeah. And then you decide, well, I'm not just going to stay in France and get a job because I presume you probably could have. You could have gone to yeah. Paris. You could have gone somewhere else, a large city in France and, mm-hmm. and you know, establish yourself. And you, you decide, no, no, I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to cross the pond and I'm going to come to Canada. Totally different country, different climates, different yeah. lifestyle over here. And your English, to your point, you said, I think is amazing. It probably was even better than you thought it was, but you didn't think it was very good at the time. Yeah. You, you have to figure it out. And then you join Salesforce, this massive company, you crush it there. And then you decide, no, I got to do something different. You find life for it. Now here you are managing a pandemic and trying to figure it out. And so yeah. I give you a lot of credit for, uh, for creating what you have, because I certainly take living in Canada for granted myself as a guy who was born here. I was born into citizenship. I don't know what it takes to become a citizen. <laughs> yeah. I, I There's probably stuff that you know about Canadian history that I don't even know about prime ministers and, yeah. you know, direct, I have no idea. Right. <laughs> so uh, congratulations on that. I always like sure. to ask anybody who's a guest, if there was one piece of maybe suggestion or feedback or advice or something that has maybe really helped you in your life thus far anything that you would want to share with anybody listening right now it's don't lose your time in in anything negative and it sounds cheesy but if you are at this company and you are not happy with um your boss your your manager uh the product you're selling just change don't sit and complain and say i hate my job there's tons of of companies out there that are, that are willing to hire you, um, that have the budget to hire you. Yeah. And let's say if you don't have the industry experience, don't hesitate to take a less qualified job and says, hey, I can, uh, you know what? Let me take two steps back. I can be an entry sales guy or name it. And then I'm going to make it up because I know I have the hustle. I know I have the greed. I know I have, I have it. So if you are dying then to get into an industry and you don't have any uh, industry expertise or experience, A, don't be afraid of applying. But before that, network with people like on LinkedIn. Hey, can you teach me? Now I want to learn from you what, it, what it's like to sell into this, this industry. How, what's the best way for me to get into this industry? Like, don't be afraid of asking questions. Hey, it's, don't complain about your job. If you don't like it, change. And then if you want to change, like build a path toward that change. Like, you know, you need to, you need to be networking with people. You need to be reaching out to people. Don't be shy because if you're shy, nobody's going to do the thing for you. No one, nobody's mm. going to get the things for you. So just ask and don't stop at the first no because it's not going to be that easy. It's not like, hey, I'm ready for a change. I need to switch industry. Let me contact three guys and see if they reply. Guess what? These three guys are busy. They're not going to reply to you. And then you're like, oh, it's not for me. No, keep trying. And... The last advice is YouTube is a mind goal, literally. Everything there is for free. Like, how, like the how-tos, even yeah. like how to uh, do mechanics. I, sometimes right I go there. and check there. It's right there. And you have people, passionate people that even sometimes they have five subscribers, but they're so passionate about what they do. They teach you the how-tos and you can literally learn whatever, almost whatever you want for free. Yeah, so it depends. So do you have it? You don't have it? you want to put in the time and efforts if not please don't complain that's it love it 
Yusuf, man, it's great having you on. I, I can't thank you enough. I've had a lot of fun speaking to you, man. Yeah, me too. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. All right, everybody, let's wrap another episode up right now. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because that's the result you'll tend to get. We're online at sellingisimple.com. We'll uh, catch you next week. Be safe, and uh, we're out of here. Thank you very much. Thank you.